We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen, and we're doing the intro a little bit different today because we have a very special guest, Chris Biederman, 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee, joins me right now, not later. Chris, we have a special guest. A, pr- a pretty special guest, like way up there Decent on the guest. list of guests we've we've had. Yeah, I think um, like eventual 49ers Hall of Famer, not presently a 49ers Hall of Famer, but certainly on his way. Um, where would you rank him if you had to rank them one, two? Where would you rank our guest with Joe Staley? Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> This could get back to Joe, so I don't want to. I mean, that's it. It's Joe too. <laughs> uh, have we said it? We haven't said his name, have we? No, we haven't. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're if you've downloaded this, it, we've probably put it in the yeah in the name of the episode. But it's Patrick Willis, and like honestly, you know, you get you get guys for interviews, and like you're not always entirely sure like if they're going to give you great stuff. Um, I genuinely believe that Patrick Willis just gave us like 40 minutes of just phenomenal stuff. And I'm really excited for people to listen to the episode because I think we hit on a lot of like the, the key points. Um, and he was just really honest about his retirement and teammates that he had that he liked uh, and that he sort of grew up with in the NFL. And, um, you know, it was just a, a really, a really good conversation with Pat, who's one of the nicest guys out there. And um, and, you know, his his post NFL career has been unique, right? Like he's not mm-hmm. a dude who pours over football and watches every game and, you know, critiques every guys. He's he's he, he keeps football at arm's length like he he still likes to watch. And, and you know, he has a relationship with Fred Warner a little bit, but he's not a dude who's, you know, always around and always um I don't want to say in you're the not going to see, but he's, you're not going to see the Patrick Willis film breakdowns anytime soon. Right. Right. So it was just, it, he's got a really unique and I think um, grounded perspective and he's very true to himself and authentic. And, uh, and I think that came through in the interview. So I'm excited for everybody to, uh, to listen to it because I think it was really good. Yeah. So here it is. Patrick Willis, eight year 49er linebacker, future 49ers hall of Famer, maybe future professional football. Hall of Famer. 
Yeah, maybe. I'd imagine the Niners are going to retire his number at some point here because nobody's won yeah. 52 since, uh, yeah. since I guess. Yeah, it feels like it feels like along with Frank Gore that those are kind of de facto retired. It would yeah. be well-earned for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's get into it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Patrick Willis is here. If you're listening to this podcast and you need a further introduction, uh, that's that's on you, frankly. Uh, um, thanks, uh, thanks for jumping on with us, Patrick. We really appreciate it, man. No, no, thank you guys for having me, man. Honored to be on. Of course. Um, how, how you been? What do you what uh, what you been up to? And what's what's a day in a life of <laughs> what's of yeah what's, Willis like what's right going now? on? <laughs> you know, most time when uh, when people ask, you know, I, I joke with them and I tell them I say I positive um I positively do nothing all day long, and they look at me like what? I'm like I absolutely positively do nothing uh, all day long. But I mean, I, I'd say that like jokingly, like I, I mean, I, the game ended, but life goes on, and so you know, just trying to find my rhythm. Um, it's been, I guess, going on about eight years now. Crazy how fast time flies. But, um, you know, I just try to take it in strides. Like, take it in strides and it ebbs and flows. But, you know, I, mean, I can't complain too, too much. You know, yeah, blessed well, to be where I am at this moment. For sure. One, one thing that's that's always fascinating about the NFL and, and players, you know, as they go into their retirement, it, it just seems like such a change in lifestyle. Like, you're used to such a day-to-day intensity um, even in the off season, when you're just getting your body ready to, to get back to the regular season. And a lot of guys struggle with that adjustment to, you know, post NFL world. Um, and I know you unplugged, you even, you know, cut cable for, for a few years, like just, what was that process like for you to disengage from the game? And, and ultimately how has that helped you mentally? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll be, um, you know, I wouldn't be truthful if I said I didn't, go through that transitional stage, um, even though, you know, it was me that made the decision, you know, to step away from the game when I did. I mean, it was something that I, I don't know if you can ever really, um, you know, prepare for it. You know, I've heard people say it's like kids, you know, it, you think you prepared and then they get here and, you know, it's something totally different, you know, so, and it's different for each, each person. But, you know, I can honestly say, you know, I see how guys can, you know, uh, go back and that's no um that's no um judgment to to ones who do you know some feel like they can still play some you know it's like I feel like it's the structure the structure um of having that each and every day um keeps you consistent and when you retire one of the things that I had to learn was that um it was more to freedom than just financial stability you know I had to learn how to mentally like cope uh, mentally, you know, like I said, like walk again in a way, think again in certain aspects. And so it, it's been a journey and it's been, it was a process. And again, you know, I just, you know, grateful to be where I am at this moment in time. So 
Was that something that you kind of prepared yourself for? Like you knew going into 2014 or as that 2014 season was going on that you were going to walk away. Um, and did you kind of like start preparing yourself for that, knowing that the transition wasn't going to necessarily be an easy one? Yeah. You know, um, again, you know, I, I, I mean, since I retired, you know, I, I couldn't say that I was prepared for the things that have, you know, happened um, per se, but, Mentally, you know, I feel like, you know, in order to play this game and to play at a high level, you know, you have to be mentally strong um, in a lot of ways. And, you know, I've had to lean on that um, at times. And, you know, I just remember, um, you know, making it when I made the decision. Um, only thing I could, could remember, if I could put it in a little bit of context, was kind of like uh, the Lion King movie in a sense where he said, you know, the sun is setting on me. Uh, and one day it's going to rise on you. And, I, I began to feel that a little bit. And so I felt something, you know, right around, right, right around the horizon or on the horizon. And, um, and when that time came, um, you know, it was just a matter of being, you know, for me, it was a matter of just being honest with myself. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to, to do. And um, again, you know, I made the decision and um, it's been eight years later and um you know, when I look back, um, you know, it would have been nice to get, you know, 10 years, you know, just something about that 10 years, you know, it used to be a wall at the Niners facility that, you know, you get to 10 years, you get to be on the wall. And I thought that was cool um, to be able to one day maybe reach that. But again, I always kind of understood that the NFL stood not for long. Um, for me, when I was growing up, I, that's what I would always hear. And so I say, you know what, I'm going to get in one day, um, hopefully get to that get to that level and I'm going to play the very best I can each and every play and, you know, let the chips lay with me. So one thing I've thought about, you know, asking you and, and other, you know, great players from their respective eras, like in regards to this current 49ers team, Steve Young came out and said it last week. And I think he mentioned Jerry Rice alluded to it too, that like maybe this current 49ers team, and this was before the, the Monday night went over the Rams, but maybe they didn't have, you know, the dogs the quote unquote dogs and, and making, you know, the, making a clear differentiation between a, a good player and like a dog, like a guy who is a tone setter and, and leads a team in your mind. I mean, you clearly were a dog on, on a lot of really good teams. What separates just being a good player from a dog and how can that impact a locker room and, and impact winning and losing in the NFL? Yeah, um, you know, man, this game is really interesting. You know, it's made up of different guys, you know, um, that do things, you know, um, extraordinarily well um, within doing the same thing that we all do in the, within those 11 positions, offense, defense, and special teams. And so um, I feel like for me, um, it was just, it was a hunger. It was a hunger inside that, you know, um, that, that I play with personally, you know, and I can't speak for each other person, but we all have our purposes for being out there. And that was a hunger inside of me that, you know, whether it was, you know, a personal, um, um, you know, I just had to be the very best I can be. Um, um, and or, you know, man, this is a difference between making sure that, you know, I can provide for my family. Um, at times when, you know, when the, when the time needs, so it was a little bit of everything, but I, I take it all back to say that at the end of the day, you have to find something that's uh, bigger than yourself. Um, 
and you you play for that. And for me, again, you know, I, I've always tried to be a team player, um, tried to, um, you know, be that kind of leader that say that, you know, I would not ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. And, and most of the time, if not all the times, I'm willing to go first unless you just jump up there and want to take off or whatnot. But I'm willing to go first and 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 put it out there. And so that was kind of what I played with. So to answer your question about the the dog and and then just your um, you know I, I your dog and your common players. I I would say that. When I was when I was growing up, one of the things people asked me all the time, who was your favorite player? And then there's the guys who, you know, I admired that played certain positions. But one of the things as a kid I always paid attention to was I always would pay attention to the ones who would just be giving it their all. And sometimes it wasn't always the one who they would talk about on TV. It would be those, you just see this certain number, or you see this guy just getting after it. And I'm like, man, I like that. And so Again, one day, you know, I, I mean, I, I, was, I always told myself, if I ever get there, I want to be known as that guy that each and every play, you know, I'm, I'm coming with it. I'm, I'm hunting. And, you know, I did grow up in the South, so I know what it's like to, to go hunt for it. So, <laughs> so do you yeah. feel do you feel like you accomplished that? Um, you know, and um, truthfully, in uh, I, I, and, and, and what, what context uh, when you say do I accomplish it, like just. Like you said, you wanted to be one of those guys that just every play, because I know watching you, like you were, as a 49er fan, you were like a formative player for me. Um, And I I think I would say that, like you, every play, it was 100% for eight years. Is that something that you think that you personally, you said you wanted to go into the league and be one of those guys? Yeah, yeah, um, of course, man. I mean, it also doesn't – it also helps, too, that, you know, each and every Monday after a game, we're going to sit and watch the film. And coaches, your team, your your teammates, they're going to see if you're loafing because, um, you know, we call it the eye in the sky, don't lie. And so, um, again, I just um, wanted to be that teammate that each and every play, you know, you knew that I was going to give you uh, my all. And on top of that, um, you know, I always had the mentality that um, – that, that I didn't get that far to to not, you know, leave leave a mark. And so um again, just man, I'm I'm grateful for the for the time and and I'm grateful for those who was able to watch. I mean again I my whole mindset was um as a as a rookie, I remember saying like, you know, there's it's gonna be people who are gonna have opinions on who they think are the best. And because I you know I I've always heard it. But I said I didn't want I didn't want to allow myself to get caught up and who statistically, you know, people say if we didn't have this, if we didn't have that, I said I just wanted to be able to look in the mirror when that time came, and be able to be honest with myself and say, "Man, did you give it uh, everything you had?" And I feel like I really, I really did uh, to the point of where you know I was, it was time to you know step to the side <laughs> or whatnot. So, uh, so yeah, I, I do, I do, I feel in my deepest of core, I do. Now, there's always little things here and there you wish you could have done better or maybe you know capitalize on but you know that's part of the journey one one guy it seemed like that that rubbed off on especially was was navarro bowman and Mm. and linebacker is kind of a unique position to where you know there's offensive linemen and defensive linemen who get to play next to guys all the time but those guys aren't flying around and making plays all over the field and and there's there's something unique about a pair of linebackers just sort of with 
you know, the way they can make plays deep or the way they can fill running lanes or whatever. They're sort of the guys who do a little bit of everything on defense. And you and Bowman formed just a, one of arguably the best, you know, linebacking duos of all time. And I'm just curious, like, well, that, what that was like for you for being like the guy at linebacker to all of a sudden be like, man, we got another really good guy here. Like <laughs> now we can, now we can take this to a different level. Like what was that like for you throughout your career? Yeah, man, you, you just said it. Um, you know, Navarro is, um, was a heck of a player. You know, he's retired now and, um, but was a heck of a player and he was already, uh, an intangible, um, you know, good linebacker himself, you know, just stand alone. And you take someone who have very similar attributes as we did, stature, you know, ability to play. I mean, there's certain things he's done extremely well, um, better than I did. And there are things I feel like, you know, I, I've done extremely well um, also. But I feel like we complemented each other really well. Uh, with that being said, you know, we were very grateful, too, to have um, a great, great defensive line in the sense that, man, we really – work together. Um, a lot of us was together for a long time um, in that defensive line. And it takes, you know, linebackers can be extremely well, I mean, good, but to have a defensive line that you can work with the linebackers as well, I mean, that really opens up for some great linebacker play. And just, again, just given our, you know, God-given abilities already and that just working and grinding along with the defensive line, man, it was something special. Uh, it really was. Um, with that being said, you know, I was fortunate. I've been fortunate in my time um, to have some, you know, players who I've played with that really helped me uh, being a young guy um, who really were able to, you know, take the take the, the egos to the side and say, you know, like, um, what can I do to help him be better so he can help the team? And that was the mentality that, you know, um, that I, I tried to, try to um, um, possess and, and try to uh, walk with each day. Um, so it, so it didn't matter whether, you know, he had a, you know, a, an amazing game um, statistically wise, uh, we was winning um, and he was having fun. We were having fun and, you know, that, that was the bigger picture. So that's how you know, we were able to really, again, just barely enjoy inside and out from, Plan and doing it to really just, you know, um, being able to look back on it and be like, man, we really did enjoy it and, and like rock the house. I mean, it's been amazing to, you know, get a Super Bowl, um, you know, with that team and especially that defense because I really felt like we had one of the, we, we had one of the best, I'm not going to say the best defense. I've got, you know, again, it's always opinions. And I'm not even saying we were, <laughs> but I mean, we, we, we played pretty good, good defense, man. And, um, yeah, so playing Navarro was something special. And we got to talk about tick pick because the 49ers are back in the thick of the playoff race and they're on the road in Jacksonville for week 11. But if they win that game, they're at 500 and they're coming home to face the Minnesota Vikings who are going to be right there with them in the playoff chase. And that game in week 12 at Levi Stadium against the Minnesota Vikings could go a long way toward determining uh, playoff seating and whether one of those teams either does or does not get into the playoffs. Kyle Shanahan talked about it. Players talked about it, how awesome the fans were on Monday night football and the Niners are going to need that in week 12 against a good Minnesota Vikings team. Chris, I actually used tick pick over the weekend when I was in Arizona, I'm hanging out with a buddy of mine and we didn't have a plan. That was our running bit is that 
I went and visited him in Arizona. We didn't have a plan. We're hanging out and we're sitting there Saturday night. We're like, Hey, the Cardinals are at home tomorrow. Let's go. Panthers in town. Cam Newton on the sideline. We didn't know Cam was going to play. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go hang out and watch, watch Cardinals Panthers. And he goes, okay, well, I'll check and see tickets. Well, I said, I got this. So I went to TickPick. I looked at it and found great prices. And I told him, Hey, here's how much the tickets are. It's just getting the door. You know, we don't, we don't need to sit on the 50 yard line or anything. Just getting in the door. And he said, okay, but what's like the actual price? So what are you talking about? That's the price. And he said, no, no, no. After all the fees and stuff, like how much is this going to cost me? And I said, dude, this is TickPick, bro. They've eliminated the fees. This price I'm showing you is the price that it is. We're going to go sit in there and we're going to drink expensive beer and we're going to watch PJ uh, Walker and Cam Newton light up the Cardinals. I didn't say that because I didn't know Cam was going to play, but you get it. That's what we ended up doing. It was an incredible time. And you can have that same incredible time at Levi Stadium in week 12 when the 49ers host the Minnesota Vikings if you just go to TickPick. They've eliminated all those service fees that make the tickets so much more expensive than they look. It is the best ticket buying experience that you can have. If you can find better prices for the same seats on a different ticket site, TickPick will give you 100% of the difference in the purchase price. And you can visit TickPick.com slash candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's right. Hit up TickPick.com slash candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, one of the guys you played with your rookie year, it was his final year, Bryant Young, uh, just went mm-hmm. into the 49ers Hall of Fame. Do you have any memories of playing with him? <laughs> Be wild, man. Now, that's, that was, that's, I call him the general. Um, when I first got into the, to the NFL, B.Y. was one of the – when I first got drafted to the 49ers, you know, he was one of those um, guys that I, I always kind of knew early on, uh, being young in life. You know, if you pay attention to the olders, uh, the elders, 
know, you can learn a little bit. You know, it don't mean you have to take everything they do, but you can learn some things. And I, I never forget being my first week at training camp and asking a million questions like I do whatnot. <laughs> and um, I remember talking to B.Y. And um, one of the things he left him when he said, youngster, just take care of your body, no matter how long you play, just take care of it and um, get your massages. But one play in particular that I do remember, we was playing against the St. Louis Rams and we was playing them at home. And I'll never forget, um, B.Y. done a club. He had this powerful, like, this club move that he would do, like, where he would step, step, and club you. And, man, I saw him hit an uh, offensive guard and just completely deplete him, like, as if he was, like, like a bowling ball, like a bowling pin. Like, when you see bowling pin fall over, that's what he did to him. And i never forget saying to myself, like, this is my rookie year. I said, Excuse me, I was like, holy shit, man. I said, these are grown men. Like, these are grown men out here. Like, that's what that's what I was thinking in my head. And I'm like, I'm glad I'm on his side. I'm glad I'm on, I'm on defense. So <laughs> that was my most fond memory, like, you know, about BY. And uh, like I said, just an amazing teammate um, as well. So congratulations to him going into the San Francisco's um, Hall of Fame um, enshrinement. Another notable teammate you had was Frank Gore. And obviously mm. somebody, somebody, you know, like in training camp, you get to you know, do blitz pickup drills against and all of that. And Frank was always known for, for his pass blocking and, and things like that. Mm. But what was it like going up against Frank in, in practice and practice and also just what kind of teammate was he and, and how did he help you get better as a, uh, as a running back to linebacker? Yeah. Yeah. Frank, um, for, first and foremost, man, one, one of the best teammates, you know, I've, I've ever had, and I've had, you know, a bunch of them. Um, Frank, uh, just man, he had, he got that dog in him that you was asking about earlier. Like it's, it's that heart, it's that, that hunger to just, you know, whatever it be. If it's, you know, prove the world wrong, like he has something, you know, special in him. Has something special in him. And so each time we had opportunity to compete against one another, I never forget my rookie year. Like he was, man, he really, he really made it tough out there at training camp. Part of the first couple of years, and then. You know, I started being able to settle down and realize, like, you know, my competition is not trying to, you know, beat the heck out of a Franco or not, but it's, you know, it's just getting better. But he um, pushed me anytime we had a chance to go against one another. And then on top of that, I was running back in high school and, you know, I was pretty decent, you know, I won eight ball, but, you know, hey, you know, I take it. <laughs> uh, and um, and just being on the team with Frank and to watch him make some of the runs he made and not being the very biggest or, even the very fastest with lightning speed, it was, again, just the way he ran the ball. Uh, Walter Payton was one of my favorite running backs, um, is my favorite running back of all time, along with Emmitt Smith and Barry Sanders and, and other guys. But, you know, Sweetness had a name, Sweetness, because how he moved with the ball and how he ran. And Frank, I'm telling you, man, for those, I don't know how many years he got, 17 years, I think he's finally shutting it down this year. But it wasn't a time that he, you know, that I, I don't remember that I, coach talking that that their offense on the field and I'm I'm kind of you know I'm looking at the play uh, looking at our defensive play and then corrections but looking up there like come on Frank I know you're finna bust one I know you're finna bust one and <laughs> boom and there he goes you know and so man just playing with guys like those I mean um, along with some other guys you could go on for days I mean Frank you know like I said just he's right up there um, was there ever a point, I know I, I want to talk about your entrepreneurship and stuff, and I know you're up to your neck and, and stuff like that, but was there ever a point immediately after retiring that you felt like, man, I, I could have gone one more year? Um, 
You know, um, honestly, answering that question, it wasn't that I could not absolutely go. Um, that was never the thing. The thing was me truly being honest to my to my heart and my soul, um, meaning that, you know, I, I once heard Bob Marley say when I was younger, you know, he would always say, he said this famous thing. I don't know where he got it from, but he say, you know, what's to gain the world, um, but lose your soul in the in the process. And, you know, and I don't want to get too technical on it, but at one point in time, the innocence, and I was just talking to an older gentleman the other day, the innocence of me playing a game was, man, you couldn't have told me anything outside of, you know, football, and I wouldn't care. You know, I was just all about, you know, ball. Like, life outside there didn't, didn't matter. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, that that had began to you know change um, in a way. And long story short, back when I was telling you uh, again, when I uh, when I was a rookie, I remember asking some of the older guys. I said, "How do you know when it's time to retire?" And you know, and I asked three of the older guys: Jeff Ulbrich, um, Brian Young, and Brandon Moore. I think it was, and maybe Derek Smith. And none of them gave me an answer. I feel like none of them gave me an answer. I was looking for. They were all going around it, and I was like, "Well." man, I've always just enjoyed playing the game. Like, I really love playing, like, football. Um, and then on top of that, you tell me that you can make a salary, you know, being really good at what you do. I'm like, shit, man, that's alignment right there. Like, you know, if I can get this right, you know, hell yeah, excuse me, lady. But so um, 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 I, sent, I sent all that to say, I sent all that to say, um, it was never about I me mean, not being able to continue to go. It was just knowing how I play the game. And I play the game with passion, with heart, and with joy. And I just felt like, you know, um, I the, I told myself when I no longer had the passion to play, when I no longer had the energy to give my teammates everything I have, and most importantly, when these feet went out, like, I knew it would be time to, you know, step to the side because, you know, without my, without my feet, you know, my, I've had my hands banged up, you know, and clubbed up and still was able to go out there and move. And with my feet, you know, without those, you know, um, it, it's, 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 it's not really a me per se. And, and my last thing, and I haven't said it a whole lot, but my right toe was just as bad as my left toe. And I never forget, um, you know, kind of having some words with the doctor or not. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, I'm going to get my left toe fixed. And now I'm gonna go out here and whew, God forbid we on turf and it was it was mentally starting to work, you know, and that's when I was like, you know what, this is this is not me. And I just began to feel that. And so just again, just being honest like with myself or not, um, it was one of the things where, yeah, that was things like I said, to get those two years, to get those to get that 10 year mark would have been amazing, especially one team. But unfortunately, you no, know, um eight was but I was able to get in and I'm just scared of everything I have. And like I said, hopefully look back um, and be uh, people to say, wow, you know, so. Well, what's your favorite, uh, your favorite NFL memory, your favorite point memory, your favorite game mm. uh, with, with the 49ers, something that you'll, you'll look back on and like smile about it every time you, you think about it. Man, there's a lot, there's a lot of them. Um, and I wish I could, you know, wish I had something that was like, a banger, but I still always go back to this one when people ask me uh, this question. Uh, it was it was two. 
Uh, one was when I very first got drafted to the 49ers. I had to, I had the 49ers at the senior bowl and, uh, and man, Coach Singletary was, whew, he was rough, man. That whole week was rough. I remember being like, I, man, I'm like, I don't think he wants us to get drafted, man. What's going on? Like, he's trying to kill us here, you know? And, um, and so I just never forget when they called my phone on draft day. Uh, I, I just remember on draft day saying the prayer that I prayed. And one of the things I was saying was I just remember being like, I don't want to go anywhere where there's high taxes. And, man, I don't want to go out there with coasting the and where you got them bag drills. Cause I ain't going to be able to make it in practice. Like, man, I'm going to have to be dead. So, um, so that, that was the very first one. And the next one was would be it's one thing, man, when you've been losing – um, you know, uh, you find out a lot about a, a person, about a team when they're losing, they're not doing so well. And I remember going through that phase, those first four years of just, man, that was rough. I mean, I had it in college where we was losing after my rookie, after my freshman year, three straight losing season. I get to the NFL, and I'm like, man, we about to win now. It's the NFL, and boom, four straight seasons of just you giving everything you have and getting your head beat in, head beat in. And all of a sudden, that 2011 season, when it, you know, it was like, the big turnaround lockout was, you know, people thought we was going to come in and be the same old tired Niners and we came in and was balling, but that we played against the um, Philadelphia Eagles and they got out on us on the very first um, half, like very early in the half or not first half got out on us and whoa, it was like, like almost, almost like, holy shit. I think it was like a fourth. It was anyways, we go into the locker room and I've been so used to, you know, trauma is a, is a, is a it's tough, man. I've been so used to always, you know, in the first four years coming in and finger pointing, whether it be teammates, whether it be coaches on coaches, like players. I was always so used to that. And so, you know, having to be a one is kind of like, you know, it's going to be good, y'all. Like, it's going to be all right, you know, having to trying to calm everybody down, you know, trying to be that young leader, you know, and just going through those times. For the first time, we had a coaching staff and players who were like, Nobody was pointing the finger. It was almost like we we were just in shock where we didn't know what to do, or it was just we were so used to coaching. Like I said, and I never forget Harbaugh. Um, uh, we're going over to our defensive uh, defense offensive side, and um, we talk it out, and everybody's like, you know what? My linebacker coach Levin is like, you know, we got ourselves in the tough one, but we're gonna get ourselves out of it. And just the positivity and just how it was, I never forget. And I went back out there that second half and play ball, play that type of ball, and we end up coming back and winning that game. Um, and, and uh, you know what? All right, last piece, man. Michael Vick. <laughs> Keep going. Tack- tackling, tackling Michael Vick that game, like, because I grew up, you know, watching Michael Vick, you know, being young in high school, seeing him in college and then seeing him in the pros and, you know, and, and then to see him, you know, get back with the – get back into the league. And, man, being a fan of his, i never forget. He broke out to the side. Navarro made an equity tackle on him. In open field, and I remember being like, "Holy shit, bro! You you doing it like that? Like he got Michael Vick in open field, using Vick and shake out your shake out your tail. I mean, shake out your shoes." And so I never forget. He takes the ball and they're going around the right side, and I'm like, "Oh man, this is this is my moment." I'm like, "Either, either Michael Vick's gonna outrun me, like you know, I know he had the young Michael Vick, but that's okay. Like he out there on that field, I can say that, like, man, I ran and I and I got him. I never forget after my tackle." Tackling him out of bounds or whatnot. But it took everything I had to get to him, though. I ain't gonna lie. I was being like, 
whew, I don't know. If, we had, if they was in a hurry up, I, mean, I probably had to come out the field or something. I can't breathe right now. <laughs> but that was, that was, that was, a, um, that was, that was a thrill. Um, just, you know, that whole game itself, tackle Michael Vick. And all right, last one, last one, last one. Since you had that. that was the, uh, the Justin it? Smith fumble game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You remember that? that was huge, man. Oh, yeah. That was a huge, huge game. That's when I knew Cowboy. I mean, Cowboy's always always legit, but, man, that right there, I was like, man, I'm sure glad you're on our side. Man, I like playing with shoes. Um, <laughs> um, um, what was the other one? I was playing against the, the Green Bay um, Packers. All right, it's the last one. Playing against no, – I'm sorry, playing against the um, uh, Vikings at the time. Playing against the Vikings, and Brett Favre was on that team. And earlier that year, I think it was either in preseason, we had like a little gut blitz. We're never really supposed to blitz and come through. You, you know, at that point in time, you know, you're not really supposed to be – don't want to hit nobody hard. And plus it's Brett Favre. And, but I come through and, boom, we kind of just give him a hard push and he hit the ground. It was like, oh, and I felt so – I felt so bad. I was like, oh, man, I really didn't want to – it's preseason, man. I didn't want to do that to you. And you kind of old and everything, you know, and that's just – you know, that's what was going through my head when all that happened. Now we're in the season and we playing them there, and I never forget I come through on a blitz, a gut blitz, and they ran a screen, and I had a play where it happened to me earlier in my career when I like at that time what early a year before or two or whatnot, and I thought like oh man I better stop. Brett Favre pumped the ball like he was throwing a screen because it, it, it was so open. Anytime you usually you get a gap that's wide open. It's either a screen or it's, it's a counter coming, and I know. Or, or when we say screen, it's, oh shit, because you like you come through. You like, I'm gonna give you like oh shit, and I turn. <laughs> he pump fake. He pump fake the ball, and I turn around, and I didn't see the screen. I remember being like, oh shit, and I turn around. And he has. He still had the ball in his hand. And he threw it. Get the first down, and my coach man went. Crazy on me, Coach Coach Minuski went crazy on me. I never forget being like, "This old man got me." So, anyways, man, that that was that was one of my like many other ones that um, that out there. So, yeah, <laughs> I love that man. Those are great. Man, that was. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what you're up to now. Uh, I know you're working with Coach Tube. Something that's really taken off here in the pandemic is. Uh, at home learning kind of becomes more of a becomes more of a uh, commonality. Can talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. CoachTube is is an online coaching platform, and I kind of got involved in CoachTube in 2017, I believe it was, because for me, when I retired, I remember saying I don't want to do anything that I have to get on a plane and be traveling all the time. Like, how can I, you know, still be able to share knowledge and give back knowledge without having to tire myself out and get on a plane and um, a friend introduced me to uh, Wade, the owner of uh, Coach Tube, and I just done my due diligence. And just after talking to him, one of the things I really, really liked most about him was his whole reasoning for kind of starting this whole platform in the first place was to be able to provide a place for um, for athletes who may not be able to afford, um, you know, great coaching or afford coaching period. And to uh, give them a place to be able to go to and, and check out different um, sports um, and learn uh, different things. And so that was something that was, you know, very un- unique for myself growing up in a background where, you know, um, I wouldn't have been, I would have been one of the ones that couldn't afford that extra coach, personal coach, but, you know, to have access to something such as coach to 
to where I could learn, you know, would have been phenomenal. So um, that's, you know, what I really love most about it. And I got a course on there. I got a, I got a um, one course of a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, I have a little bit on there. I'm looking to do hopefully in the future a little bit more. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I think right now at this very moment, we're actually about to grow it to the, to coach two 2.0, we call it. So, um, so yeah, yeah. So I'm very, um, excited about that, which I don't know if I should have mentioned that, but I think it's kind of out there or whatnot, but, um, yeah, looking forward to some of those things. I know we have, um, some current, uh, with NIL, uh, with the new NIL, um, in college, we have a couple of college players that have, done some courses and um, yeah, just looking forward to, again, like that's kind of new to the platform. So yeah, it's, it's growing and I'm just happy to be, you know, part um, of it from an ambassadorship and investor side. Well, that's great, man. Uh-huh. I, thank you so much for your time. This, that, that was a lot of, a lot of great stuff and um, really enjoyed hearing your stories and it was great covering you, man. I got, I got, I, I was able to be there the last few years of your career and uh you're always super, super helpful with the media and super professional. And, and we all appreciated that. And I think the fans appreciate hearing your voice and, and everything like that. So thanks again for coming on. And uh, we really appreciate you, bro. No, no, I, I appreciate it, man. And hey, and you guys can also, uh, I got my, I got a little project right now. It'd be my first. Um, uh, so I, the entrepreneur world that I got in was philanthropy. And um, I'm, I'm missing the word philanthropy and humanitarian uh, type of work or whatnot. And so I've, I'm doing my first uh, or second with the Winker's Mind, but this would be my first, the Winker's Mind Youth Foundation um, uh, uh, project. And hopefully December 3rd, we'll be having the ribbon cutting for that. It'll be, I'm putting in a, um, what, partner with Greenwood to do a uh, a park. Uh, so do weights in the park or not. So free weights we're putting in the park oh, or not. Cool. So like a little workout facility, really which cool. is called, it's going to be called P. Willie uh, Fit Zone 42. Uh, 42 is my high school number and we're doing it back in my hometown. So um, yeah, so looking forward to completing that. Hopefully December 3rd or the 4th will be the cutting in uh yeah, man. So just again, just grateful to be here. Um, thank you to, you know, you guys. Thank you to all the fans who have uh, supported and show love that I've met and haven't met. And to all, you know, all the best, man. So thank you. Right back at you, man. Appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. That's Patrick Willis. And uh, we will talk to you guys later on in the week. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.